and let your senators know how strongly you feel. Let, vote now. Make sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question is, the left. Will you shut who is up, on, man? Listen, who is on your... Good evening and welcome to the Backboard Podcast with me and James. And no Cameron this week, unfortunately, because he's moving house. Um, so he is going to be, He's. we're going to be doing a post-mortem or a post-breakdown or game breakdown of game one after it happens tomorrow, the finals. So Cameron will be back for game two, uh, I believe. Um, yeah, two really exciting things are going to happen soon. We're going to get Cameron back and the NBA finals are going to start tomorrow. Yeah, so this is only our fourth attempt trying to record this episode. So as usual, technical difficulties, backboard podcast, can't deny it. How have you been, James? I've been doing, I've been doing all right. It's been a long day. I've had to do a lot of uh, work? work. Yeah, a lot of work, a lot of recording, <laughs> a lot of school. So Yeah, uh, we, we've been working hard recently on this podcast, so I hope yeah. it shows in what you're getting. Um. So let's just jump into it and get because it's going to be a long one today. We've got a lot planned. Uh, we've got a breakdown in Lakers, uh, Celtics, Nuggets, and the Heat. What we expect from the Heat and the Lakers in the finals. We've got the stories of how they got there. So we've got a long one. Uh, yeah. Let's start with the Nuggets. The Nuggets lost 4 1 to the LA Lakers. Um. What can you say about this Nuggets team? They're young, they're gritty, they don't give up. Um, and there's a reason we're going to call them the comeback kids in years to come. I mean, even as someone who, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, I'm not a huge fan of Denver and their roster and just the team and not the city, even though I go to Denver quite a lot, just in general. Um, but you can't you can't deny the greatness of the run they had this year. I mean, the the only ever team to come back from two three one leads. There's definitely, or to come from come back from two three one leads in the same uh, postseason. I mean, deficits is a word you're looking. Or three one deficits. Um, and I mean, it's just you can't you can't deny how incredible that is. And I think this team will have more left in them, and they'll be great for years to come. Now, you believe they're winning a championship in the next five years, don't you? Next three years, I think. Next three. Yeah. So you have I've... them 2023? 20, 2022, I think they win a chip. Wow. Yeah. So, obviously, they've got Paul Millsap and Will Barton and Troy Daniels and Mason Plumley and all these... Uh, role players Jeremy Grant I don't think will stay Michael Porter Jr. is going to be great if they can keep that free of Jamal Nikola Jokic and MPJ well MPJ needs to learn how to play defense uh, that will come as well Bobo um, he can be great yeah I think I think it's conditional I think MPJ needs to develop the way I really really hope he does Bobo needs to be as good as he was in those scrimmages and Jamal Murray needs to be as good as he was this playoffs. Same with Jokic. And then I think they, they do have championship potential in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Murray, um, should we just talk about him for a bit and what a revelation he's been in the playoffs? Yeah. Go. <laughs> so I think we think he's <laughs> going to be an all-star, right? We do, yeah. We've got him as an all-star next year. I do not. I think, I think at his peak... He might be a James Worthy type of guy where he's good for like 15 and 
I guess in this case, since he's a point guard, fifteen and five in the in the regular season, and then just a guy who's going to completely elevate his game in the postseason. You've got him in the same and be that as James Worthy. I have James Worthy in my top fifty all time. Really? Yeah, That's big game James was the man. Big game James. Can you name all four nicknames on uh, Basketball Reference? James um, Worthy. Okay, this is going to be a challenge. So, obviously, the first one's Big Game James, right? Yeah, we all know Big Game James. I've heard my dad call him Iceman. Iceman. Yeah, that's another one. Clever. Yeah. You're not no getting clue. this last one. No clue for the last one. You're not getting this last one. one. J-Dub. Oh, that's a good nickname. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, but for reals, for reals. Um, no, nah, I don't have a... I have a James Worthy being a little bit lower down overall in the NBA all-time rankings by the time Jamal Jamal's career is over. Um, he's what, in his third year? Second year? Third year? Third? Yeah, same draft class as Mitchell, right? So third? Or no? He might be fourth. Jamal Jamal Murray was wow. We're great at this, aren't we? Great bag ball podcast. Twenty sixteen, four year, four year, four year. Yeah, seventh pick. You believe that? Seventh pick. He's going to be an all star. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be an all star, and he's going to be a champion. Same with Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is a key to this te- Denver team. He needs to learn how to not get into foul trouble. Um, and you got to remember, this is only the second great, uh, second, second uh, time in the playoffs in this version of his team. So. That's great. Uh, Mike Malone did say, he said, um, he said, all great teams go through these. Um, losing sucks. Um, and you can't disagree with him. He's a great coach. Um, and he'll win coach of the year one day. And great things to come from the Denver Nuggets. Agree? Disagree? I don't disagree. I think recency bias has people a little bit too high. Or Why is recency bias only just become a thing now? I we we we're, we're big. Well, we wouldn't say big, but we're we're in on uh, NBA Twitter. We're very big on. We're not big on it, but we we like to be a part. We're part of NBA Twitter. So what is? I this mean, called? I have I have like five hundred fifty-five followers. I have two hundred twenty-two. Cam um, has like two hundred, so that's like a combined thousand people that follow us on Twitter. Plus the twenty-two on the podcast. Yeah, so that's like. Around a thousand. Um, but yeah, like recency bias has only just become a thing around about now. That's not true. People have always been bad. But at I've kids. never seen it as mentioned as much as it is now. Yeah, I've never seen it be as bad as it has been. But this isn't recency bias. Recency bias. The Denver Nuggets were second seed last team. They were one of the youngest teams to get second seed, and they're one of the uh, and they're the only team in history to come from two three-one deficits. It's not recency bias. There is greatness there, and they're going to be a great team in future seasons. But the challenge is turning that greatness into championship potential, and I think that champion potential really showed through this year. They uh, obviously won't win a championship. Um, unfortunately, they didn't have the experience of AD and LeBron James. Um, I think that this this will be a great 
character builder for them. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic will benefit massively off this run, um, as will Mike Malone. Um, so this is going to be it's going to be great for them in years to come. Yeah, they'll be great. I don't know about championship winners, but they will be great. Um, I want to talk about a couple of things in this series. Main thing was offense, offensive rebounding, um, defensive to the Nuggets. Rebounding really let them down this year. Um, obviously, Jokic got in foul trouble a couple of times and had to come off the court. Um, Lakers had something like twenty-one points off, off a. Uh, off 21 points off second chances in game four. Um, so they really needed to uh, up that game. And obviously, Jamal was hurt in the second, in the last game. You could see him hobbling a bit. And again, Jokic got into foul trouble. And they looked like they were making a comeback in the last minute. But um, they're not done yet, are they? This season, they're done. But no, yes. You know what I mean? Come on. Jesus Christ. Many more great runs to come. Uh, what did you take from this series, James? I took away that the Lakers are very, very good at this whole basketball thing. Wow. Anything Especially specific? Anthony Davis. Oh, Anthony Davis has been great. He's a great series. And I can't wait to see what he does in the finals. I think he's going to be huge for the Lakers. I have him as one of the main reasons the Lakers are going to beat the Heat, and I think in epic fashion. Um... I think me, it'll if, be a sight to be seen when they beat the Heat. Um, I Monday. think I think if the Lakers have any chance of uh, winning this finals against the Heat, they need Anthony Davis to be a finals MVP. I don't think LeBron and James will just get away with it this time. And I, I think we... I think Anthony Davis can be MVP. Or I mean, um, LeBron James can be finals MVP. Especially because of the narratives. What narratives? The narrative that it's LeBron doing it for Kobe. No one's thinking it's Anthony Davis doing it for Kobe. It, the narratives are LeBron, and he was second in MVP voting because of that. And he, in my opinion, I mean, I know this would have never happened, but I think regular season Giannis should have been unanimous, but because of the storylines, um, obviously LeBron was uh, got a lot of first-place votes as well, even though I don't know how deserving he was of them. No, I don't think he was deserving of first place. Don't get me wrong, he's great, but he's been very... Uh, Giannis was very great in the regular season this year and there's a regular season award. Um, I'd Giannis... say Giannis, with his play this regular season, with those numbers and just his presence on the court, being named Defensive Player of the Year and um, you know, just play on such low minutes, I would say Giannis playing at that level, at at that consistent of a rate, if we were to just go off of the last two seasons, I, I think I could put Giannis in my top 20 all time. Say, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. He's already been playing at that level. It's just about he has to do it for more years. Hot take. Um, do you want to get into some news now in the league? Um, this happened this week. So, the Bulls have hired... Uh, Billy Donovan, former Oklahoma City Thunder coach, as completely their out new of head coach. Field. Yeah, no one expected this. And um, Scotty Pippen was a little bit critis- critical of it. He said, and I quote, 
Uh, he told this to Forbes. I'm not impressed with what the Bulls did. I don't think that they have made any dramatic changes that are going to change who they are as a team. That's just my personal opinion. I like Billy Donovan as a person, but I don't think he's proved anything in the NBA. It proves he's worth investing in. And bringing up a team and bringing a team up that needs help like Chicago does, they're a team that's been struggling for a very long time. To me, I don't see the value he brings to them. He's going to be a coach and there are a lot of, there are a lot of them out there. He didn't do anything special in OKC that warranted him, warranted him a second opportunity. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Pippen's wrong. I can't believe I'm gonna, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he's very wrong. Yeah, if he if he actually watched Thunder basketball, he would understand of how much he did this season. I don't, I don't get me wrong. I get agree with everything, but I think Russ was a problem then, and Russ wouldn't let him coach. So this season, so he needs to start watching Thunder basketball and see how far SGA, Ludor, Darius Baisley, and our young core have come since he's been the uh, coach. Exactly. That's why. I mean. It's it's no secret that the Bulls are no contender as it is, and I think the the move of hiring hiring Billy Donovan is a step in the right direction for the Bulls because one, he's not Jim Boylan. Two, <laughs> he he is great at developing young guys, and I mean truly fantastic. I mean, you look at how far Baisley, Dort, Shea Gilgis Alexander have come, and. All of their first years in with the Thunder, second years with the Thunder. First, this is a first all of first. them first years with the Thunder and Shea. I could have put him in. I would maybe have him top five and most improved player of the year. Who's SGA? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice little. Thanks for that. Dort went from being uh, just this guy who was completely undrafted to. A dude who was shutting an down incredible James defender, Harden. shutting down James Harden, Every Russell Westbrook, night. and torching them for thirty in the NBA playoffs in a game seven in his first year as an undrafted rookie. Yeah, Darius Baisley is just a two-way player. He's great defensively and offensively, and he was—I don't know—I think he was like seventeenth pick. Um, very Spacely was pick 23, and he's going to be great. So what Scottie Pippen is an understanding is this isn't a move for now. This is a move for the future. You want you want to get your guys like Gafford, Carter, Levine, Kobe White. You want to get all Lowry Markinen. You want to get all of those guys to a point where they've developed under a coach that is competent and will play them the right minutes and have the right rotations up for them that they can trust. It's all about just getting them to a point where they'll actually be able to contend in a couple of years. It's not a, I don't think they'll be contending with Billy Donovan, but I think Billy Donovan will be a key piece in getting them to contend. If that, I makes think, sense. I think if two players, um, two players benefit from this um, more than anyone on the Chicago Bulls roster, for me, uh, how old is Kristen? God, he's 26. Okay, maybe not Kristen. Uh, it's Kobe White, I think, and Wendell Carter Jr. That really? Will benefit, from, benefit from this the most. I think the two biggest benef- beneficiaries of Billy Donovan will be Kobe White and Daniel Gafford. But we're both agreeing Kobe White. Yes. Yeah, Kobe White. Um... I think Kobe White will be the sixth man. 
Yeah, so do I. Um, he better got, be. He can't play in, alongside Zach Levine. What have it they just in, won't work. What have they got in the draft? Three, four? Pick four? Um, I wish I was quicker and more prepared for this. Um, <laughs> I'm almost positive it's pick four. Chicago Bulls have got... Well, I think they're going to pick um, Melo. Anyway... I don't think Melo's falling to four. I think if they can get Obi Toppin, they take him. Obi Toppin. Um, I see him going to Charlotte. They have pack, pick three, aren't they? I mean, yeah, but could you imagine, like, this is your nine man? Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, what's his face? Some unknown third three that they'll get at some point. And then Obi Toppin and what's his name? Wendell Carter Jr. And then get a bench of Kobe White, Daniel Gafford, and Otto Daniel Porter. Otto Porter. Yeah, Otto Porter would be the starting three. That would be a really nice like, seven-eight man. Yeah, Paddyus Young. He was. That could be a team that could be a borderline eighth seed if they're all playing well together. Eighth seed, they could even go to the seventh or eighth in the East. Oh yeah, in the East, yeah, they're. Though yes. I think they could even make the playoffs if everyone, if all of the cards are in their favor. Um, so we're pretty high on this hiring. Um, I'd like to say overall. So, um, how about we talk about people that actually want to listen to us? We got questions this week again. I can't believe it. Um, it's wild that we have people who listen to us talk and value our opinion. It's um, yeah, it's truly incredible. Thank if you're watch or listening to this right now. Thank you for making yeah, it this far. Honestly, I mean, yeah, yeah, we've had we to really... listen to 18 minutes of our voices, and yeah. probably you've listened to more if you're still like, like actively listening. Because hopefully that means you've watched our other episodes. And if you haven't, uh, hi, hi. So this yeah. one's for you, James. Awesome. This is by. Cardinal at Cardinal season, Dylan Goatson. Um, will the Wolves choke their pick? There's no way, no possible way, no possible way, no possible way. They're taking Edwards, I want to say, or trading. I Why don't you the... just get Wiseman? He's a better version of Cat. He's not a better version of Cat. He's completely different. He is a pure, incredible physical specimen, and I don't disagree with that. I think he is the best. He's the best player physically player in in the draft. draft. Yeah, he has the highest upside, but he he doesn't have the skill that Cat has. I mean, Cat is also a really great athlete, and he proved that in college. And he still had, and he was when he was drafted, he was viewed as a defensive prospect. I mean, he has that much upside on the defensive end. Who Cat? Yeah, Cat. (laughs) What upside? And he did you have you? Clearly, you've never watched a Kentucky game with Cat in it. I don't watch college was, basketball. Yeah, no, yeah, he was a defensive beast in college, and I think he still has that upside. So you don't want to draft James Wiseman just to be like, oh, but he can body people on defense because Cat is also very capable of bodying people on defense. We just have to figure out how to unlock that out of him. What they did at Kentucky to get that out of him, and then. 
I mean, Wiseman is obviously an incredible athlete, but he doesn't have Cat's generational offensive skill set. I think um, it doesn't make sense to have him as a backup, and I don't. Cat doesn't want to run the four, and I don't think we should make him run the four because I think that you lose a lot of like the edge he has. He's when not very strong. The four. He's, that is one of his weak points running the floor, unfortunately for you. Um, so talking about the draft, this is from Lavelle World. Tommy. Wait, we didn't even answer that question. Oh, sorry. You just we'll, asked we'll me take the pick. what. Yeah, they won't choke the pick, though. We'll draft Edwards. He'll be super productive. I think there's a world where Malik Beasley turns out well. Anthony Edwards turns out well. Cat plays the way D'Lo says he's going to play. And we have um, Malik coming off the bench for Edwards, or Edwards coming off the bench for Malik. I say there's a real world where the Wolves win MVP, most improved, sixth man of the year, rookie of the year, and coach of the year, if they can make the playoffs. What? Yeah. So you think all the awards are going to Minnesota next year? Not defensive. Oh, sorry, but that's going to AD anyway. That's going to Giannis again. Are you being serious? Do you think Giannis you win- isn't winning MVP, but he will win Depoy. Right. Okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> this is from Lavelle World. He's a Chris Lavelle stan, apparently. Um, I don't know what that is. He's got a podcast too, all around sports. So go listen to that. Um, and but go not right now. Some... Finish but... listening to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go listen to us first. Um, he's asked us if uh, we think the Warriors are going to trade their pick. Um, I think it's the most likely thing. I think we wait until draft day to see if they if, if there's any hot, uh, well, in what we would think underwhelming trades. Um, and I think they trade for something that we wouldn't expect them to trade for. But in the long run, because the Warriors know what they're doing, it will work I mean, out. Wiggins and second overall pick could fetch you some good people. Yeah, I think I could fetch you an all-star. A um, team that's rebuilding. Yeah, I mean, I think if if there is a trade, it will be draft night. I don't think it'll happen a, a week or so in advance. I think I'm I'm I mean, the Warriors front office clearly knows what they're doing. I'm sure they're they're taking their time evaluating all of the possibilities, weighing, you know, which do we value more? LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Obi Toppin, those type of guys or um, someone – I mean, Obi Toppin's the most NBA-ready of all of those, but he also has the lowest ceiling out of all of those. So you'd, you'd really have to see. I mean, it depends. I know they'll make the right move given the value that they think they can get versus the value they think they can um, you know, receive in a trade. So I'm not worried about that. I think maybe. I think the answer is a solid 70-30 chance they trade it. 70-30 chance? I'm going yeah. 80-20. No, I still think there's definitely a very strong chance that the Warriors are like, whatever, we like our guys, we'll get him. Uh, next question is by Butka Goat, backs against the wall. Owen won. He seems to be a... No idea. I think he's a Rays fan, the Tampa Bay Rays. Mm. Uh, oh, no, Chicago Butt Cubs. I have no idea who he supports. Royals? Whoa, how many teams do you support, mate? 
Jeez. <laughs> the Kansas City Royals. Are they even in the MLB or a uh, minor league baseball? All right. Let's not be too, too like critical of our listeners. Sorry. Yeah. SGA or Dort to build around? Uh, That's a terrible question. That's nah, horrendous. you said don't be critical when you said this question was terrible. It, it, I, I'm sorry, but we were just talking about recency bias. SGA won a trillion percent. Here's why. Here's why. I'll tell you this. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah, so I know question, what exactly he's going to say. Yeah. The question well, you've got to outweigh it, basically. Yeah, you've the, got to outweigh it by let me the speak. best sides. No, no I want to slip. No, I want to. It's no, it's speak. my point. It's my no, no. No, right. I want to go. No, um, listen. <laughs> okay. All right. So the question, the question you're really asking behind all of this is, which do you value more, the defensive upside of Shea Gilders Alexander or the offensive upside of Lugin Stewart? And I mean, the answer here is pretty simple to me. I mean, Lou Dort, obviously great defender, um, went for he's thirty a, points, so we can obviously see that. Player. We can see, we can see that he can shoot and all that and do all those things. And I think that as great as that is. Shigel just Alexander is already that on offense and his defensive upside. I mean, he's six six with a what? Uh, let me look it up really quickly. Who he SBA. is six six with a nearly seven foot wingspan. I mean, already that is way more defensive upside than Lou Dort will ever have on offense. I think both of them will be great players, but I think. Easily, if you're building around a franchise, you take the more proven guy in Shea. Um, yeah. Higher uh, upside, higher floor. I completely agree with everything you just said there. I love Lugan's thought. Don't get me wrong. Um, your question was not stupid. James didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> I did. You're going to lose us listeners. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Please send us questions. We love them. We do. Not stupid ones like that. Um... <laughs> um, <laughs> we're yeah, so sorry is, dude we're not yeah. trying to bully you yeah i know i'm just gonna tweet at him now i'm sorry yeah that's it i've just i've done it i've tweeted at him on the podcast twitter i'm sorry um you need to start yeah. putting periods before your ads otherwise it won't show up on anyone's timeline by the way i never knew that all right okay We'll talk about that privately. So, yeah, SGA, offensively, he's going to be great. My opinion, future MVP, not in James's apparently. Future All-Star, future All-NBA player. Those two we can definitely agree on, yeah? Future All-Star and All-NBA player, Shea, yes. Future All-Defensive player in Dort. And maybe Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and maybe All-NBA team. We'll see. Dort. Yeah, we'll see. You think Dort may be an All-NBA player? Third team in a week year. No, I don't see it. I don't see it. Sorry. Um, Dang, you're the Dort fan too. I know, yeah. Um, he's great, but yeah, it's like James said. What's going to be a better... Said, What's going to be a better tool for you in the future? Is it going to be Shea, uh, SDA's defense or Lou Dort's offense? So, that's our answer. Um, so, yeah. Um, we're going to leave the best question to last. Um, at AG in the score world, he's, uh, we, when we first originally recorded this episode, we, uh, he tweeted just as we'd finished uh, recording. So uh, he said, who can the Warriors get for Dramond Green? Um, 
I don't know truly how much they can get. I don't think it's it's really that much unless you package him with a Wiggins or a second overall pick. I don't think there's any reason to trade him, so I don't think you should humor the idea that that might happen. But I think in a perfect world, you could maybe get an all-star for just Draymond. You would have to throw in seconds and future firsts, but you could maybe try and get an all-star from a team. Yeah, I agree with you in that as well. Um, I said maybe a couple of first we all start when we first when we recorded this question on a different episode earlier, and obviously knowing our look, that went wrong as well. But yeah, um, Draymond is a very valuable championship level player. Um, he's not going to be great for you offensively, but the work he brings for you on defense on the defensive end far out, outweighs the liabilities on his off in his offensive game. Um, he's a former All Star player, maybe even an All Star again. Um, former defensive player of all time, or former defensive player of the year. My bad. One of the although he he is one of the best defenders of all top time. top ten defense defense uh, defense of all time. That his depoy season, I would say top three defensive seasons ever. I would say top two. Behind who? I don't know. I just so you're say just that to one you up. Nice. Um, what would you say the best uh, defensive season year was? It it might have been Hakeem's. Huh? It might have been Hakeem's de- defensive year. I'm going for 88 Jordan. Really? Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And maybe even... When did Dennis Rodman win? James? Um, for oh, I thought you left in. When did Dennis Rodman no. win? Uh, I really don't know. Um, defensive player of the year. Um, I think he's Dennis Rodman, defensive player of the year for uh, Detroit. Yeah, I'll go for a Den- maybe even a first Dennis Rodman defensive player of the year at Detroit. Um, but yeah, or even Dwight. Dwight Gary Payton, yeah, Dwight Howard's seasons might have been up there. Gary Payton's season is definitely up there for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year's was last year, Paul George's, even though he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year. He, his defensive performance last year was fantastic and he should have won Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it was a robbery. But yeah, um, he, he, that, but that, what, what, what our point is, uh, Draymond is, fantastic defensively and he can give you so much on the defensive end uh, even if he's the def- uh, offensive liability which is sometimes i'll admit that what he gives you on the uh on the defensive end will far outweigh that yeah 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 all right so now we've got one more question and it is by i've lost it no um it is by Caden NBA. He said it better be answered. Answering right now, Caden. Right now. That's what I've just tweeted at him. We're very high on this guy. What do you think Brandon Clark's peak is? We're going to say ceiling instead. All right. So wait, Actually, wait before before we uh, before we get into this, to do all casuals know who Brandon Clark is. Brandon Clark is the the Grizzlies' second 
rookie and the all rookie first team this year. He was um, drafted 27, 21, 21 21st 21. overall. Yeah, he's 24 year's years old from Canada. From Gonzaga University, played alongside Rui Hachimura, the seventh or eighth overall pick to the Washington Wizards last year. And Hachimura is even better. If you had if you had watched Gonzaga's games, you would have known that these two guys would be problems when they got to the league. I mean, I really wanted us to draft Brandon Clark back originally when we had pick 11. Uh, obviously, he fell further than that. We probably could have traded up with our second and um, a guy like an extra guy on the roster to to get like an early 20s pick, maybe throwing thrown in a future second. And we could have probably gotten Brandon Clark, which is really upsetting because he fits. He would fit perfectly along Cat. He's a guy who can shoot and defend and score at the basket. Although he can't really shoot, I mean, we've seen flashes of it, but he's not he's not a great shooter by any means. But yeah, him, Jaron, and Ja, I think, can win a championship together. I'm very high on him, so let's answer the question about the peak. Um, defensive player of the year, one or two times? For me, the, the peak is, I think, two-time defensive player of the year, six-time All-Star, Five-time All-NBA team of any sort. Six-time All-Defense. Eight-time All-Defense team of any sort. <laughs> See, we're very high on Brandon Clark, as you can tell. We think he can be great, and I think both of us would take him in a heartbeat at our teams. Yeah, and a championship or two with his with if he stays with the Grizzlies. Yeah, that's the key thing for Grizzlies. They need to keep that core of uh, Jar, Jaron, and Brandon together. That's such a good core. I mean... Yeah. I personally think Jaron has a, a top three ceiling in the league. Ja? Jaron, not Ja. Oh, Jaron. I was going to say, ja, ja has a ceiling of being the best player in the league. It's going to be hard with Luka Doncic and Trey Young, but they can. Um, I think so, yeah. Jaron and Kat both have tremendous ceilings and very similar ones. But Jaron's, I think, might even be higher than Kat's, which is saying a lot because of how high I am on Kat. Can I just say why I think Jaron Sealing is maybe the highest in the league? Um, you take a guy who at his peak could literally end up being the greatest defender of all time. Yeah. Who can shoot the three, lights out, dunk the ball super efficiently, score the ball in the post super efficiently. I, I think by the end of his career, he can he can be like top five all time if he plays if he develops perfectly. You're talking about Ja? I'm talking about Jaron. Oh, Jaron. What? Bro, Jaron Jr. Jaron Jones. Jaron Jackson Jr. Jackson. He can be the best defender of all time. He can be the best defender of all time. I completely agree with that, but... He, he can shoot lights out. 46% from the field. What is Sophomore the NBA year. average? Sophomore year, but I'm just saying. Uh, He's proved capable in the post, and if you've seen him shoot the three ball, it is lights out and his form is great. He he can be a top five player of all time in my book. But the field goal percentage average is 46, so he's an average shooter. 
He's an average shooter, and he shoots 39 from the three-point line, which is above average. Okay. Almost 40%, and he's like seven feet tall. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one, actually. I will actually give you that one. So, Cat has the same thing, but inverse. You take a guy who at his peak is the greatest scorer of all time, who can also be an, a tremendous defender. Right, okay. So do you, we, we're only following three people. Oh, okay. I understand that. Um, yeah, I unfollowed okay. everyone. Yeah, I gave him a day with the, with the social. The day we met him, I gave him the socials and he changed everything immediately. Immediately. He was fuming. Absolutely furious. I changed uh, the at too. Do you want to talk about the Boston while I... Uh... Yeah, um, just talk about the Boston Celtics. Sure, you want me to fill time with Boston? Yeah. All right, the Boston just... Celtics. They were obviously defeated in six, seven by the Miami Six, right? Uh, six, yeah. Yes, in six by the Miami Heat. Uh, people on Twitter I've seen overreacting, and as the Miami Heat head to the finals tomorrow, I want you to keep this in mind. Just because they lost to the Heat, who are an incredible team, by the way, who matched up against them very, very well. As I've said before, I'll say it again, the Heat had dream matchups against the the Milwaukee Bucks and the, the Boston Celtics, and their zonal defense works perfectly against them. I don't think that will be the case against the Lakers, but we'll have to see. Um, but look, all right, they are – they have – Jalen Brown, who is so good that me and Brandon might end up making at some point a podcast just dedicated to how much we love him. I mean, we absolutely great on the defensive end, great on the offensive end. I'd say nearly as good as Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart will be the second guard since Gary Payton to win Depoy on defense and is a 20 point, 20 plus point uh, points a game scorer for their. For his team already fits perfectly alongside Jason Tatum is friends with Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum, who is literally looked like the second coming of Kobe as extreme as that might sound. He is that good. It's just the ceiling is so high for this team. And I think they can be multiple time NBA champions. If they keep this core together and surround them with the right pieces. I think the main issue they had uh, their center, but I think, with their with with the pick they have from the Kings, I think personally, right? They should draft. What is his name? Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, I don't know. You're the draft expert here, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you're right. I'm, I'm so sorry. My my brain is. I think. I think Precious Achua is might be a great guy for them. He is a four center. He can play small ball center. He can shoot and defend any position. He yeah. is he fits he fits Celtics brand of basketball perfectly. Yeah. I I think that's the person they should pick if they're lucky enough to let him fall to him. Um Okay, so for me, I've got a couple of issues with this uh, Celtics team. Brad Stevens isn't the right guy for me. Brad Stevens is one of is a top five coach in the league. Uh, yeah, d- yeah, that's that's what I agree. I agree with that. Yes, yes, one hundred. 
but as of now, they're not a developing team anymore. They're contenders now. They want to win a championship. And Brad Stevens is the guy to get it done. I don't think he is. All right. We might. We yes. We might. Um, yeah, we might. We might not agree on that. But for me, Brad Stevens, what he gives you defensively, I think he lacks offensively. And I know you're not going to agree with that. Yeah, but you have Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum to facilitate it. You're fine. But okay, um, again. Kemba Walker, you just mentioned him. Is he a guy that's going to win you a championship? Right, he's a guy right, who can right, be a third right option on a championship team right he's now. Right. Okay, but who's that second option then, James? Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is not that second option at the minute, and you can't even say he is. He's second, third, fourth, fifth fiddle behind Marcus Smart, behind Gordon Hayward. Not so, offensively. Offensively, yes. Marcus Smart is so much better than Jalen Brown offensively. That's. You sound so dumb right now. You sound like you're having LeBron at six. I prefer having... Okay, this is, this is my problem with the... Le- okay. okay. So in my notes right here, I've got the big issue with the Celtics was they were relying on the wrong people to hit their threes from the corners. I don't okay. know why I've written that, but... I apparently at the time I believed I still believe it actually that you can't rely on Marcus Martin Jalen Brown to keep hitting threes for you. Long in in the long run, that's not effective. Um, Daniel Tice, he's not good enough. You need to start starting Williams. I said Daniel Tice isn't good enough. I said, and I think Jalen Marcus Smart definitely isn't the guy to to shoot your game winning threes, but Jason Tatum is. So yeah, I don't have a I don't I don't like a I don't like some parts of this team and that's I really like most of it. Um I know you like most of it, but there is a little bits that I would change. For example, Daniel Tice I would make uh, I would bring Jalen Jalen Brown up uh, offensively to the third or fourth option. I would bring um, him up to number 2. No, I'd still have Kemba as a second option. I mean, uh, yeah, you want Kemba as the facilitator, but I'm talking in just pure scoring terms. You have Jalen. Oh, no, I'd still, I'd still have uh, Jalen, uh, Kemba above Jalen. Um, Kemba Walker is still a great scorer, especially inside the paint, and he can hit down threes. Um, so you've got that. Um, but yeah, they're a good team. And first time we recorded this, we spoke about them for five minutes because there's not much to worry about with this team, is there? No, very uh, little. Yeah, they, they're a good. In fact, I doubt team. we'd still be talking about them if you hadn't made me fill time for them. Uh, it would literally just be like nothing to worry about with the Celtics. They're great. They have a great future. Moving on. What they do need to really sort out quickly is that contract for uh, Tatum. You know, he needs to get that max if they have any hope of keeping him. So they have his bird. It doesn't matter. They they have every they have ev- they if they're. Not the dumbest GMs of all time. There's no way he's walking. Um, so, yeah. Um, that's the Celtics for you. Right. Let's talk about the I think the only minutes. issue the Celtics might have signing Jason Tatum, if I may talk about him for uh, just yeah, one more minute. Okay. Is that due to the pandemic, contracts are obviously going to be smaller, and I don't know if that if Jason Tatum's agent will negotiate him into getting a shorter contract. 
because of this. So like maybe sign him for two years uh, and he promises he'll come back and then he never comes back and the Celtics are left without Jason Tatum, which could be horrendous for them. But I think obviously growing up as a guy who idolized Kobe, I think he, he might have a lot of commitment to staying with one team and making them great as opposed to going to a different great team to make himself great. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, with everything you just said there. Um, right, do you want to talk about Lakers and Miami? Sure. Um, so what did you like about the Lakers in the Denver series? Um, I loved Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They are the best two players still in the playoffs right now. Debatable, but carry on. Jimmy Butler could be better than LeBron, but I don't think so personally. But yeah, carry on. I think the role players are going to play a huge factor. Danny Green, KCP, Alex Caruso, Marcus Morris, Rajon Rondo. I think that's, the weakest. I think that's the weakest link for them. Rajon Rondo? No, just their role players. I much prefer Miami's role players to uh, Lakers' role players. Not when Lakers' role players are on. I feel like you're forgetting how good Danny Green was in Toronto. KCP is still capable when NBA Twitter isn't clowning on him. Um, Caruso can defend you, and even Kuzma can drop you, can give you 15 points a night easy. When these guys are on and they're hitting threes, I'm telling you, they will be the best team in the league by a landslide. They will be better than anything that Miami, they will be better than any lineup Miami can put together. And Miami won't be able to guard any lineup than LA can put together. Not with um, Dwight playing like he's in LA or in Orlando as a third option, and not with Rondo playing like he's in a Celtics uniform. So, um, just some breaking news out of uh, out of Amazon Prime. Do you know the, f- the film Borat? No. Wow, it must be a British thing. There's a new Borat coming out. Um. So, the LA Lakers—they're great. I tweeted the other day. LeBron James is making it so hard for me to hate him. Um, but he's doing it. Um, you I've still got, hate LeBron? I don't. I don't hate him. I just hate the hype around him. So let me talk about what I liked about the Lakers. LeBron and AD. AD is something we probably mentioned throughout the finals, actually. AD is such a hard player to defend. Um, You make him, you put a small guy on him, he posts up. You put a tall guy on him, he shoots. He's like Cat. No, he's better than Cat. No, okay. Right now, yeah. He's better than Cat. It's just uh, he's just a hard team. They're just a hard uh, team to play. By the end of his career, Cat will be the best Kentucky big man by a landslide. Don't worry. And LeBron makes the shots. LeBron uh, takes what's given to him, and that's a large reason why his numbers look so great. Yeah. Um, so LeBron's just clutch. Let's talk. Let's just say it. LeBron is clutch. Um, Scotty Pippen said he didn't have that clutch gene. I completely disagree with that. Yeah, Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen has gone over two this episode. Say that again. Scotty Pippen has gone over two and takes this episode. I know. Yeah, we are better than one of the greatest players of all time. So, 
Where do you have Scotty all time, by the way? Uh, well, he never scored more than 20 points a game in a season uh, under Michael Jordan, so he's top 50. I got him, I got him early 30s, early to late 30s. Yeah, or I've got players mid- like Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Uh, Kevin Durant over Pippen is a given. Kevin Durant's nearly top 10 for me. I, I have him 11, and I might even put him 10. Yeah, I have him 9, so I don't know why I said that. Um so yeah, sorry. So like Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, uh, Steph Curry, uh, uh, Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis. These are players I have above Scotty as of now. Um, but Scotty was a great player. I don't have AD top fifty all time yet. Um, I think you could make a case from especially this episode. Um, so yeah, the Lakers—they're going to be great in the finals. If he wins um, a chip with the Lakers, he'll be higher. But yeah. Oh yeah. Um, sorry, I was laughing halfway through that because do you remember the Amazing Spider-Man two? That god awful film with Jamie Fox. You is that his name? What Jamie Fox? Andrew Garfield? You mean? No, I'm talking about Jamie Fox when Jamie oh, Fox was a yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah. Jamie Fox is coming back in the Tom Holland Spider-Man films as the same guy. Are you kidding? Nah, no, it's all over Twitter right now. I love the Tom Holland Spider Man, by the way. Yeah, that's so the do best Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, for me too. So I Tom hope Holland this is so is just so great. By the um, way, we just we just uh, re- the new episode of Post. Um, I don't know what where I was going for that um, because the finals is tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. The, the new finals episode tomorrow for Post Mortem is going to be up uh, up on Thursday. It'll be up on Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. This will and... be up sooner than then, right? Um, It should be. If not, we're sorry. Technical if not, issues. this is going to seem really out of place what we're talking about. Yeah, so I'm very sorry if it's not. Um, we're sorry try. for the continuity errors. Yeah, because hand. we are so good at continuity. Woo! Miami Heat. How good have they been against Boston and Milwaukee and... Who didn't even play in the first half? Oh, the Pacers. James. Yeah. You know how podcasts work, yeah? The host asks you a question and you answer. I'm not a guest. I don't need to answer. I can just ignore you and it's fine. <laughs> should, we, um, should we tweet at a celebrity to try and get someone on? I'm going to tweet at Kendrick Perkins. Oh, no. We're not getting in a call with Perk. <laughs> Why? That let's try and like we should start by having like a guy like Cone on. I don't know if I could ever get Cone on. Do you think you could get Cone on? Uh, Cone and I have DM'd before. Uh, That's how you found me. Should, should I tweet him now? Yeah, ask him if he wants to come on our podcast at some point. So Wait, no, about, we should probably heat. do it. Oh, we should do it for the Thunder History episode. I've already got people asking me. I've had two messages, by the way, this week. People asking us to come on the podcast. So uh, thank you. That means a lot. Um, so, yeah, um, talk about the heat. What do you like about the heat? Um, I like Jimmy Butler. I like Bam Adebayo. I like um, Tyler Hero. The issue is heat Twitter. I... Before I was on Twitter, 
a year ago, before I started being on NBA Twitter heavily. Yeah. I was so high on Bam Adebayo. I was like, this guy is going to have a breakout year. He is going to be incredible. I mean, Jimmy Butler, I love the dude as a person, and I love his game. It's just hard sometimes because, you know, you see him in the finals. So I want to talk about Jimmy Butler. How good is Jimmy Butler, James? And this is for you too, Cameron. He's he's phenomenal. I mean, it it truly hurts because you see him in the finals with the supporting cast of just these great young guys, and you think, wow. I mean, we had that. We had Jimmy Butler and a cast of great young guys, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So and... apparently, at Chicago Bulls, Jimmy Butler was a problem. He gets traded. Um, he says some stuff. He walks out and says, you expletive need me um as he walks out of practice apparently that quote was taken out of context um so he goes to philadelphia and obviously a lot happens in philadelphia we're gonna talk about this later when we get into the story um so yeah he's that good isn't he yeah i mean if i if i can go on a rant by the way about why i think jimmy butler left yeah um hurry this up all right right. a lot of it is was because um or the big theory is because it was work ethic and i think that may very well be the case especially with andrew wiggins i mean you look at this guy who was who has all of the assets to be like the guy on a championship team and yet he he didn't make it work a lot of it is due to the fact that he just never put in work to to make his game better he didn't understand that he he always settled for those mid-rangers he didn't work hard to make sure to make his game the best it could be and I think that's what made Jimmy Butler angry because you know coming from his background and I'm sure we'll get into that later um I mean when all you know in life is grinding to get to your to your opportunities and to to be the guy you can be and get to a point where you're financially stable and making these incredible NBA type of salaries to see a guy who who never who never like who's always taking it for granted and just doesn't care and isn't about the the grinding lifestyle I think that's what made him angry and made him leave. And I'm, I think this could also be applied to Cat before the Jimmy Butler thing. I mean, we never know what's going on behind the scenes. I know now, um, obviously, there have been many reports, um, especially by D'Angelo Russell, who's very close to Cat, that he has been in the gym 24-7 and has this new killer attitude and is going to to be that guy going into next season. But I think... When you see a guy like Wiggins who who takes everything for granted and doesn't have a work ethic and you're Jimmy Butler, that's got to be really, really upsetting. And that's a big reason why I left, I'm guessing. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think what all, all Jimmy Butler is, I don't think you need to be the most talented guy in the world to play with Jimmy Butler. I don't think you need to be the, uh, the most in shape guy, but you need to be the most hardworking guy. And that's why uh, apparently Tyler Hero is always up at 6 a.m. going straight to the uh, training center to, uh, the practice, to, to practice. Jimmy Butler, as we know famously, is always up at 3 a.m. Uh, that's insane, by the way. Yeah, I know. We'll talk about that more a little bit. He has bit to later. go to bed at like, he must have to go to bed at like 6 o'clock at night. But how does he do that on a night when you tip off at like 10 30? I don't know. Do you think he just doesn't sleep? It wouldn't surprise me with Jimmy Butler. 
So yeah, um or you think he takes naps before his games. Oh. I don't know. This is very interesting. But then he might wake up sore from his 3 a.m. workouts. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know, James. Oh my god. We should do a whole podcast on what do you think Jimmy Butler's schedule is? That's some off-season content for you guys to look forward to. I'm writing it in the notebook now. Um, <laughs> we're all going to just make our own scheduling, say what we think is that like a TNT segment, but just not funny at all. Because we can't use the music. We should just do it ourselves. All right, guys. Today we're going over what a day in the life of Jimmy Butler looks like. (laughs) Aw, damn. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. At 2 a.m., Jimmy Butler goes through a power nap. At 3, he's up and in the gym. By 6 a.m., he's eating breakfast. By 6.15, he's back in the gym. He's in the gym until 3 o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) where he catches up on some sleep before tipping off at 7.30. (laughs) That that, that, that that, that wouldn't surprise me, though. It would not surprise me. Um, How good was Bam Adebayo in this series? Um... Bam Adebayo is, yeah, phenomenal. He's incredible defensively. Um, n- I wouldn't say nearly as good offensively because there's there's obviously a huge gap. But, I mean, playmaking-wise, I would say he's second or third in the game as far as centers go. Behind Jokic, obviously. Yes, obviously behind Jokic. And he is... He can get the job done offensively. I mean, by all accounts, he can shoot. We haven't seen that, though. He needs to get the, that confidence. Um, and in the post, he's he's just this basically a movable force. So he has that going for him. Um, again, I was super high on him before NBA Twitter made his greatness all about just him being better than Cat and not about just him being good. Um. He's better than Cato. Um, so, no, so, so let's actually talk about the Heat and the Lakers. Do you want to go first, or you can go first? You should go first. You have you have a take I've heard before that I disagree with. What take? I have lots of takes you disagree with. That's why I'm the yeah, Paul but, Pearson that someone that is. No, yes, but your take on how their defense is going to play into their Free... success in game one and onward. Come on, bro. Right, okay. Um, who do you want me to start with? Do you want me to start with Jimmy Butler? Start with why you think the Heat zonal defense is great and why it will work perfectly against the Lakers. I'll do that after. Let me talk about Jimmy Butler first, okay? All right. You know what? Let's do it now, yeah? Sure. So, um... The zonal defense. Oh, I, I, I can't. It's hard to explain. It's hard to talk about defense without watching a clip of something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. So yeah. So so basically, it's hard because I think it will work perfectly on LeBron um, because they're never going to be too close to their man. 
And when they get bad matchups, they can switch easier. I think that's a big part of it. Is this making sense so far? Yes. James? Yeah, it's this... making sense. Um, I think um, they can quickly pack the paint when LeBron drives. I think that's how it can work around um, around around uh, AD. They're good at switching up quickly. Like right now, I'm watching a clip of them against uh, against the Boston Celtics, and I've just watched here uh, Jimmy Butler, who was inside the paint guarding Tice. He's now switched onto the wing, closest to the camera, and is now guarding Marcus Smart. Um, and now he's double teaming Jason Tatum. And that's Goran Dragic. See, it just the switch up is is great, and it gives them a good chance to double up on players as well. And they may leave some people open, but they can recover quickly as well, and that's the perfect thing. Um, and my earphones have fallen out because I'm not good at this podcast stuff. So I just love everything about a zone of defense. And I don't think it's going to work all the way against the Lakers. I think they might have to change it up in maybe game three or four. But um, that's how I like it. I think it works quite well for them. And I think it will be effective against, against the Lakers. I disagree with that a lot, actually. I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. Um, By the way, no one can ever call us casual fans again. Casual fans don't even know what a zone defense is. <laughs> Sorry. Someone called us the casual ones. I've said this before. I'll say it again. A tremendous part of the Heat have been their defense, and that's been a gigantic reason why they've been capable of doing what they've done against both Milwaukee and Boston. I don't think it's there for them in um, in LA in their games against LA because of the following. LA has the guys to take it, right? I mean, Toronto. Even I mean their defense against. I mean no, uh, bu- the Bucks. I mean, the best part was they were able to build a wall around Giannis, and just know that especially because of the guys he has around him, like Eric Bledsoe, known choker, Chris Middleton. He was, he was good, but he couldn't, he couldn't really do anything. And Wesley Matthews at the three. Brooke Lopez tried to pack the paint with Giannis, which was a mistake. I mean, and so what they did was they just built up in the paint and let them get go ahead threes. And that didn't hit at all. With with Toronto, or I meant with Boston. Why do I keep saying Toronto? With Boston, right. yeah. With Boston, it was a little bit different of a scheme, but still at the core it was like, we are such a big and physical and gritty defensive team, no one else can take us. But now the issue with LA is they can. They have, they'll have LeBron, they'll have JaVale, they'll have Anthony Davis, they'll have Dwight Howard who's playing – tremendously and I think they only have guys who can guard those guys so heavily like they did in the other ones they only have two of them which are Jay Crowder and Bam Adebayo and when you think of Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis especially only one of them which is Bam Adebayo so I don't think it'll work out for them as well as it has been I think they might need to do a man-to-man system okay 
That's fair enough. Um, okay, yeah. I completely agree with that. Not all of it, not completely agree. But yeah, I can see where you're coming from, actually. Um, right, let's get into the stories now. Um, we're going to do a... Okay, let's, let's, should we start? A, should we make a section for this? Uh, as in, like, title it? Like, you know, like, it's called Story Time. Should we make a song like Story Time? Story Time. No? Uh, we're already moving into Story Time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel we like we're missing. Hour and five minutes in. I know. I feel like we're missing something. No, I feel like last everything. episode it was way, or like last time we recorded this today, it was way longer. No, I don't know why you thought that, but yeah. All right, okay. you get into your Miami. I will get into my epic tale about the Lakers. Right, mine's gonna be quick because James is gonna kill this like he did last time. So I really hope so. Jimmy Butler. Yeah? Yes. Um, Jimmy Butler hasn't had an easy life. Let's put it that way. Um, so it didn't start well for Jimmy Butler. Um, from the age of 13, he started. So, so for Jimmy Butler, he started playing football first and he was born in Houston he grew up in Houston but he had and he had as as a home of playmakers makes it says he had a he had the support of a loving family that led him to become an NBA all-star but not his birth parents Butler never knew his father growing up and his biological mother wasn't a nurture wasn't most nurturing either um at 13 years old, she had final words for her son, which were, which was Jimmy Butler, which were, I don't like the look of you. You've got to go. And can you literally just imagine hearing your mum saying that to you? Yeah. Can you imagine being 13 and hearing your mom just like, well, son, I don't like how you look. Off to the streets you go. So he got kicked out at the age of 13. Um... Uh... And him himself has never chosen to be a victim of that. Um, he was often going couch to couch or from teammates to teammates. And it was just a life he'd become used to. And he started practicing football and he hated practicing football in hot weather. He was 5'3 at 13 years old and he was getting crushed by bigger guys. So basketball was the next choice and then became the birth of Jimmy gets buckets. So um, he would still bounce in from. I'm, I'm using, sorry, I'm using a lot of Homer playmakers because they've written it so well. Um, so Jimmy continued from one house to another throughout the high school until the summer of his senior year. There was a freshman, uh, Jordan Leslie. He was now a wide receiver for the Denver Broncos when Brighton, when, when this was written. Um, he spent the night over at his house and it led to a couple of nights and a couple of weeks, then weeks turned to months. And then 
his his friend's mum, Michelle Lambert, accepted Jimmy with open arms. There were only seven children in that family, but Michelle was Michelle was Jimmy said Jimmy said it the best. He said they accepted me into their family, and when it wasn't because of basketball, she was just very loving. She just did stuff like that. I couldn't believe it. And so Jimmy Butler carried on, and then he went to what university did he go to, James? He went to Marquette. Yes. And there's James's mum. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to go to my room. My laptop is going to die. She's a regular at this point. So um, Jimmy Butler went to Marquette. And at one point, he was homesick. He nearly left. But his adopted mum, if you can hear me over James being stupid and rattling his earphones about. I dropped my headphones on the floor. Again, but his mum, Michelle, his his adopted mum, told him that he would that he should see the opposite uh, the opportunity through, and her advice led to him being drafted. He was he declared for the NBA draft in the year of his junior year. Um, he'd then be picked in the first round. What round? What pick was he, James? Pick number thirty. Yes. After being a homeless child, Jimmy Butler became an NBA star. A first-round pick? Yeah. Um, but he doesn't want us to feel sorry for him. He told the SBN as soon as he's drafted, please, I know you're going to write something. I'm just asking you, don't write it in a way that makes people feel sorry for me. I hate that. There's nothing to feel sorry about. I loved what happened to me. It made me who I am. I'm grateful for the challenges I've faced. Please don't make them feel sorry for me. I love Jimmy so much. It, yeah, he's be... just... <sighs> and he's it's very so rich upsetting. now, so... Yes, now he is very wealthy. Yeah, so... Uh, friend, you've been nicer to your son, you bitch. Um... <laughs> <laughs> and then we go on to Miami Heat. Um, obviously, we know who Pat, Pat Riley is. Pat Riley won multiple championships with Lakers. Multiple. I think it was three or four. That sounds about right. And he won them as a coach as well. Um, Did you know that Pat Riley was left depressed after basketball? He was left depressed. And his wife was the only one that was looking after him. After basketball left him and he was retired from being a player, he was living in the back of a van with a mattress on the floor. And that was all he had. And then and then the Lakers asked him to be the coach and it changed his life. He became champion with the coach. He had the famous uh, famous rivalry with the Boston Celtics. He went to the New York Knicks and then got fired from the New York Knicks. And when he became the Miami coach, he walked into centre court in Madison Square Garden after resigning from the New York Knicks, started waving and kissing at him. Um, and you've got to admire him for that because we hate Knicks fans. Um, so, yeah, he did that. Um, and then after that, um, he became president of. Was a president? I think it was. I think he's a president, isn't he? Um, yeah, the pri- president of the Miami Heat. And he led them to a ring with Shaq, uh, Dwayne Wade. Um, I couldn't tell you who was in that team. I've just completely forgotten it. And then, obviously, you had Chris Bosh, D-Wade, Ray Allen, LeBron. 
And then in 2014, was it 2014? Yeah. Um, something came out and 2014, yeah. Yeah. LeBron James left and we got and we got this famous press conference from Pat Riley. I think everybody needs to get a grip. You know, media, key players, organization, you know, all of our fans, you got to get a grip. This stuff is hard. So, where do they go from there? They try to rebuild their team. It doesn't really work until 2019 um, in free agency when they take Jimmy Butler on a match. And I think it's a max. I can't bother to check at this point. And what were your thoughts when Jimmy put the sign, James? I was thinking. I can't hear you. You're covering your mic somehow. I mean, I was thinking what what most people were thinking. Like the common thought was, oh, he's just, you know, Minnesota, Chicago, Philadelphia. He just wants some warm weather. Yep. He doesn't want to win. So, let's go back to Jimmy Butler for a second. Yeah. He had some issues uh, with some previous teams. Uh, Do you want to explain properly in around about three minutes what happened to him in Minnesota? So, all right. So, I already covered this a little bit, but basically, Jimmy Butler requests a trade from Chicago. Gets it. Minnesota. He's in Minnesota with Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And he leads them to their first playoffs in 13 seasons, I believe. Which, phenomenal. It's their first appearance since, um, obviously, the the great Kevin Garnett left their team. Left our team. And it was was difficult. It was a difficult time. Uh, I mean... There was every it, what it seemed like every week. New reports: Jimmy Butler is unhappy in Minnesota. I mean, at first they were great. It was like Jimmy Butler wants to stay here forever. He loves the guys. He loves the culture. And then over time, they got more and more volatile until eventually it was basically it was that famous practice, wasn't it? Yeah. What did he say, James? <sighs> you expletives need me. Yeah. That led to him being traded to where. Philadelphia, where I'm sure Cameron would love to talk about this if he were here, but he's not. So, so I'm going to do it. Um, so basically, he got traded to Philadelphia, and Brett Brown was there, JJ Reddick, Ben Simmons, and it was going well. They got to the second round, and then obviously, I don't want to play the clip again for Cameron. We play it too much. We'll probably play it again soon. Um, the Kawhi Leonard shot happened. Um, it it was a bit of a turning point, in my opinion. In fact, I'm going to play again. Sorry, Cameron. See, I'll come back in. Gotta be a whip defended by Simmons. Is this the tiger? Oh, 
So that happens. Um, and and um, where do we go from here? We uh, we um, we go to free agency, and he goes to seventy six, and he does a famous interview with very and JJ Reddick in March. Uh, yeah, I think it was March. Yeah, and there were some things that came out. I'm going to talk about. So, thank you again to the Six of Sense fan sided uh, blog. Um, this is it's very helpful to have fan run things like this for specific teams because when because we're not knowledgeable on all teams, so we like to take things. And if we do use something, we'll we'll tell you. So, uh, Brett Brown's second longest tenured coach as the time as it came out in the NBA. Uh, in Philly's franchise history, sorry, and uh, and it was, and it came out that there was just a lack of leadership. And Jimmy Butler came out and he said, and I quote, "It was so different. And on any given day, me as a person, as a player, I didn't know who was in charge. It was the biggest thing. I didn't know what the expletive, uh, expletive to expect whenever I got into the gym, whenever I'd go into the plane, whenever I'd go into the game. I was lost as an ex- expletive. Yeah, there was so much going on at any given day. I was like, yep, guess I'm just here to do work. I didn't know who to talk to. And then some things came out about Brett Brown's coaching and a, 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 a video session they had that um, the, apparently, not just say Jimmy Butler's quote, it's just craves that they were in a video uh, a video room. And we were in a video room, we were all sitting there and nothing was getting commented at all. So I was like, and I told you this when I walked out, JJ, why would I ever go back in there? Nothing is getting accomplished. Nobody is saying anything to anybody. And we're just sitting here watching the film. You can literally hear the thing just clicking. And we're all around, looking all around. Click, click. All right, guys, let's go practice. Why did we just go through this? It's literally what's going on in my head. So I come to you, I say, JJ, why would I go back in there again? We didn't do anything. Nothing got accomplished. I would even say, and when he goes on to the relationship of, um, why he didn't say anything, he would say, well, he was new there. He didn't want to say anything. You can understand that, can't you, James? Yeah. Um, And then I would say, and then he would talk about his profession, uh, his his, uh, relationship with Brett Brown, and he said, I'd say it was professional, but to say I don't think it was, which was um, to say I don't think that was fair to switch over like that. Even though we played great basketball like that, I don't think it was fair because the entire year Ben had the ball. The entire year Ben had the ball. So you mean to tell me in one playoff series you just switch it up like that? I'd be like, well, like he was. I'd feel a type of way. I'd feel like I like I'd feel a type of way. I think it's pretty fucked up to play. I think it's pretty expletive uh, to play one way <laughs> the entire year and be like, you know what? Boom. This is going to be, this is what we're going to be doing. And I used to tell Brett, I was like, Brett, I think we should mix in ball handling a little bit. No, we do A to B. We do this. Cool. I would be pissed and I'm not going to complain about it, but I don't think that was the best way of doing it. Just in my opinion. So it was a rocky time in, in a, in Philadelphia, and it all came down to free agency where Jimmy Butler was sitting in a room on a call with Brett Brown and Elton Brand, and somebody told him the main reason 
he couldn't go back was this. Somebody told me the main reason I didn't go back in because somebody asked, can you control him? Can you control Jimmy? If you can control Jimmy, we would think about having him back. And I was like, don't worry about it. Fuck no. Expletive. Can't nobody expletive control me. For one, I ain't just out there doing no expletive. But the fact that you're trying to control a grown man, nah, I'm cool. Because I don't do nothing that's just drastically expletive. Crazy. Stupidly crazy. I don't do that. So do you not sit here and come... So do, so do not come here and sit and meet... I'm sorry, guys. So do not sit here and come at me with, oh, we've got to try and control him. Nah, you could. You don't even have to worry about it. That was my, what you call it? You don't go to worry about me. You don't need to worry about me coming if that's what you're worried about. I think, man, good luck to you all. Oh, this was early, super early in free agency. So fast forward to now, to the playoffs. No one has them as making it to the finals. We have them as having... I didn't even have them as making it out of the first round at one point. Second round exit at best, I think. So now they're in the finals. And this is just a strong-willed Miami team, isn't it, James? It, it really is. Um, so, yeah, that's the story of Jimmy Butler and Pat Riley and the Miami Heat. They're underdogs, and we love them. And now it's James's turn. All right. You've got approximately uh, 40 minutes of recording time left. Do, 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 do the episodes only go till two hours? One recording session is two hours. So we could try and get some more, but sure. All right. So this is going to be a brief history of the Los Angeles Lakers, and it's a not so brief history of the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, so obviously Lakers basketball has always been something to note. I mean, George George Mikan, obviously, in the 50s and 60s, the main pioneer credited with just the evolution of basketball, won, won the Lakers a few championships, and they have always been a pretty consistent stream of success. Um, I mean, even thinking about the Showtime Lakers with – Magic and Kareem leading into the 80s and the 90s with just Magic. Then the Shaq Kobe Lakers of the 2000s to the Kobe Gasol teams in the late 2000s, early um, 2010s. But then, um, obviously, we get get to the 2012-2013 season. And this seemed like it would be just another ordinary uh, season for the Lakers, if not one of their more notable ones. People were saying this would have been one of the greatest teams of all time. I mean, the team had just acquired um, a multiple first-round pick trade uh, that acquired them, both Dwight Howard and Steve Nash, in order to have a lineup that basically looked like whatever point guard they – or Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, whatever small forward they had at that time, Pau Gasol and Dwight Howard, which would have been – by and large, the best team in the league, right? Yeah. But then the first shoe drops. Dwight Howard had never really recovered from the back surgery he had in the offseason. And Steve Nash suffered a fracture in his fibula, I believe, in his second game. Mm -hmm. They fire Mike Brown and replace him with Mike D'Antoni. But now it's just Kobe and Gasol again, minus some of their supporting cast that they had to trade away to get 
their two injured guys, right? So now Kobe, in co- typical Kobe fashion, says, all right, fine, and puts the entire team on his back, drags them to the playoffs just barely. He averages 45 minutes per game near the end of the season. And then all of a sudden, Kobe's body gives out. He tears his Achilles tendon three weeks, or not even three weeks, before the start of the next postseason. So now yeah. it's just Gasol. They get swept by the Spurs in the first round. I believe the Spurs were – I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, they get swept by the – by the Spurs in that first round, the eventual champion Spurs, uh, but they were champions the year after. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the start of their downfall. Dwight Howard, obviously, locker room issues with Kobe Bryant. Never they never got along, and he was injured. He really had no reason to stay, so he leaves, goes to the Rockets, who offered him more money. Yep. Steve Nash is. Still injured, and he only plays 15 games this season. And they're they're two, they're two like so. The guys they traded so many first round picks for, non factors for them. Kobe's Achilles injury keeps him out for the beginning of the season, but he comes back, right? Yeah, great. LA's just happy they have the Mamba back. They have him back for six games, breaks his knee, sideline for the rest of the season. So with Kobe gone, it's just Pau Gasol again, and they're 27 and 55. Mm-hmm. In their 38 seasons as a, as a team in the NBA, they had missed the playoffs twice. This time was number three. So now they have broken Kobe, broken Nash, who's like 40 years old at this point, and aging Gasol. They get the seventh overall pick, luckily, because this was a year they didn't trade their pick. They draft the super-hyped prospect with the seventh overall pick, Julius Randle. Looked at as a great pick at the time. And they also pick up in the second round, Jordan Clarkson. Yep. Lakers are happy with this. Lakers fans, they're, like, awesome. Very cool. You know, Kobe will be back. Gasol will be back. These guys get a year to develop. It'll be great, right? They fire Mike D'Antoni and bring in Byron Scott, who was a former Laker for them. And they they did lose Gasol in the offseason. He opted to sign with the Chicago Bulls in free agency. That was a major, uh, major loss. Yeah, that would, looking back, uh, it was an interesting call. Yeah. So it's fine, though, right? Because, you know, Oh, well, whatever. Gasol's a four. We have Randall. He plays the four. First game of the season, breaks his leg. He's gone. But Kobe's back. And even though the team only won one of their first ten games, Lakers fans were, at least we have Kobe, because it's been two years since they have had Kobe, and it's, Obviously, we know the type of player Kobe was. He was just so fun to watch. Yep. But 35 games in, tears his right shoulder. He's gone again. And so the Lakers are now 12-31 and midway through the season. And so they're just like, you know what? Let's tank. Right? 
But here's the thing. Phoenix, who they traded Steve Nash to, or they who they tra- uh, they traded for Steve Nash. So now Phoenix owns their pick this year, unless it lands top five, mm-hmm. right? So now the Lakers go through the process before the process was a thing. And so they play Carlos Boozer, Jordan Hill, Ryan Kelly, and Robert Sacre as their starting lineup and finish with 21 wins. Second overall pick, and they take D'Angelo Russell and Larry Nance in the second round. So now they have a young core of D'Lo, Jordan Clarkson, and Julius Randle. Kobe Bryant's still there. All is not lost. Kobe Bryant comes back again for the season and plays most of it, 66 games, right? But after three season-ending injuries, he's not, he's not the Kobe we know and love. Although he still proves that he can go out on his own terms when he drops 60 points in his final game, which was an absolute sight to be seen. But right before, I believe it was the start of December, Kobe Bryant says that this season will be his last one. And so D'Lo now is their guy, right? Lakers fans are now banking on the fact that D'Lo is going to be incredible, their second overall pick. But Byron Scott has other plans. He keeps D'Lo on on and off the bench and in and out of the starting lineup. And in key clutch moments where D'Lo might have a chance to you know, show off the type of player he is. He's kicked out of the lineup for quote-unquote veteran guards like Ronnie Price, which is something that Byron Scott actually said. And so D'Lo struggling. Kobe's not Kobe anymore. Julius Randle is back. He's leading the team in rebounds. And Jordan Clarkson is the second leading scorer behind Kobe. So it's still... It's rough, but it's better than it was before, right? Yeah. They have 17 wins this year. And because it, their thing was another top three protected pick in 2016, they need the lottery balls to go in their favor. They get pick number two again. And behind the obvious standout number one pick to the Sixers, who had also started their tanking process, Ben Simmons, they take Brandon Ingram who looked like a generational talent at that point. And I would still argue that he is, but he wasn't for the Lakers. And that's clear now. It's 2016-17. Byron Scott's gone. They bring in Luke Walton. That was great. It was... He was seen as a great coach as far as, like, developing young players, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. So now, their entire team, because Kobe's retired now, their entire team. Oh, is by the way, we need to talk about that. Did we? T- did you talk about the last game? Yeah, Kobe's last game. Sixty points. Sixty. The most points. Kobe way to finish a went out career. on his own terms. Yep. It was one of the greatest performances of all time. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, since now all of their guys are on their rookie deals, right? They have just this so much cap space, and I want you to guess how they use it, Brandon. Um, how do they use it, James? They signed Timothy Mozgov to $64 million the yeah. second free agency starts. 
as soon as free agency starts, 64 million four year deal. Timothy Moskov. Yep. Didn't even think about it. No, it was a no brainer to them. And then they signed Luol Deng to 72 million. This is past prime Luol Deng as well, by the way. Yes. All of their cap space is now gone on two very below average players. And so. People started to get mad at each other. There was a lot of locker room issues. And it was enough that the Lakers owner, Jeannie Buss, who had inherited the thing, removes Mitch Kupchak and her brother, Jim Buss, after they promised to bring a championship to L.A. in mm-hmm. the next years. Magic Johnson is now the president of basketball ops. And Rob Palenka is GM. Mm-hmm. And under a new coach that, you know, didn't try and kill D'Angelo Russell's career in Luke Walton. He he has a really nice, killed his career. He has a really I would consider this really to be his real rookie year. He averages nearly 16 points, three and a half rebounds, and almost five assists. And unfortunately, Julius Randle now is having a Byron Scott thing. He's always coming in and out of the bench. It's it's a rough season for him. Number two pick, Brandon Ingram, he has a rough rookie campaign too. He averages 9.4 points, four rebounds, and 2.1 assists, which is because – and we know Brandon Ingram. He's, he's a skinny guy, right? So yeah. a, lot of his, a lot of his rookie year was spent trying to figure out how to adjust to the, to the physical landscape of the league, both on offense because he couldn't do as much in the post anymore and – on defense because people could do whatever they want to him. And that was a really big issue. Um, for the third straight year, right? They finished 26 and 56. For the third straight year, Lakers don't own their third round, their first round pick, and they needed to be top three to keep it. They have fourth odds. They have fourth best lottery odds. And they jump to two. They get Lonzo Ball out of UCLA. Which at the time, it seems fantastic. He seemed like he was going to be the guy for the future. Yeah. I mean, even he seemed more like the number one overall pick than Markel Fultz. Yeah. Because all of the storylines were about him. Yep. And so... I think that had more to do with LeVar. Yeah. And so now that Magic's, like, president, right, he realizes, what did they do? What did they do to this team? We need to undo this cap space issue. So they package Timothy Mozgov and D'Lo in a salary dump to the Nets that gets them Brooke Lopez and the 27th pick, who is Kyle Kuzma. They're not able to trade down. No. So now we're in 2017-2018. D'Lo and the Lakers are able to add in Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Josh Hart, yeah. who are all three pretty nice young guys. So now they really look like they're just this team that's up next this incredibly built young roster and i mean kyle kuzma breaks out 16.1 points in his first season he's the leading scorer lonzo ball i mean his shooting was bad but 7.2 assists 10.2 points and seven rebounds a game i mean for a rookie who's like clearly going to be a triple double threat and following this along with great defense i mean you can't really be mad he's an incredible passer and defender off the rip it's it really does look great for them yeah they they don't have their pick this year 
but they do have a core of Ball, Kuzma, Randall, Ingram, Hart, Zubak, Clarkson, and yeah, that's their core, right? They play a really, really fun to watch game where it's just super fast and flashy and exciting. It was it was really fun to watch, but they, they didn't finish they, the year very well. They they were not very good though. <laughs> it was fun to watch though. So But it was also fun watching your team destroy them because they could play no defense whatsoever. So the Lakers, right? They weren't able to trade Luol Deng in the offseason. They try again, still can't. So they look on their books and they say, Jordan Clarkson, you're making twelve point five million dollars a year. We're going to trade you. And they also trade Larry Nance Jr., who is going to be a free agent. So now both of them are gone, and now they have room for two max slots. So they get Isaiah Thomas in the trade. Um, and Oh, my God. I forgot he played for the Lakers. Isaiah Thomas. He just floats around the league now, doesn't he? Bless him. Yeah. And I completely so now- forgot about Isaiah. So now they have all the cap space in the world, and Magic promises he will bring a max level free agent to the Lakers. They go thirty-five and forty-seven with the young, with the young court, which is not five hundred, but it's it's pretty close. And yeah. they have two max slots, so everyone is like, "This team is the future." And then LeBron James signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. After losing in the finals to the Warriors, he decides he's had enough of Cleveland and moves to Los Angeles. They try and get Paul George. He decides to go to the Thunder. But the Lakers still preserve their max slot. They renounce Julius Randle. They let Brooke Lopez walk. And they sign Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, and Rondo, the only players in free agency willing to take one-year deals. And they move on with their young core in LeBron. This looked great at the time, but as it would later go on to prove, it was not. Um, there, was, there was feuds with the young guys. The young core wasn't as good as maybe people would have thought when they were all playing together. Lonzo Ball shied away. Brandon Ingram wasn't a scorer at all. Kuzma was, well, we know what Kuzma's like. And it was, they were all in a really rough role after being like, because initially their role was like, you guys are the future. And now it's like, you guys are the now. Do it. Yeah. Right. And then that led to LeBron. LeBron overexerting himself just like Kobe did and getting injured for the first time in his career. Strains his groin, out for two months. They're, they never truly gelled together. And Luke Walton was not the right coach. He was, he was a coach for a rebuilding team, not for a playoff contender. Yeah, and it was also a bit of the uh, LeBron going, well, I don't like you. We need to trade you. Yes, uh, and so LeBron becomes the GM and demands that some of the young guys get traded for Anthony Davis. There's only one GM that's never been bullied by LeBron James. President or whatever you want to say. Pat Riley. Yeah, because LeBron already had his way with Pat Riley. Mm, I don't think Pat Riley would have allowed it anyway. And so they're they're getting ready for the lottery. They finish what thirty seven and forty five. 
and LeBron James misses the playoffs and ends his final streak, but all is not lost because of one thing. Are you ready? Three, two, wait, one. wait, wait. And so, I'm sorry for this underwhelming moment. Three. And so, with the luck of the gods, projected with the 11th overall pick, the balls bounce in their favor. Pelicans land number one to get a replacement for AD and Zion, and Lakers jump up to four. I really thought you were going to play a video or something then. No. (laughs) And so, the Lakers trade Anthony Davis, or the the Pelicans trade Anthony Davis, to the Lakers in exchange for Ball, Ingram, Hart, four future round first round picks, and the number one four overall pick. So after their f- very rough five year stretch of being bottom of the league, they're in the finals again. Yep. And they're gonna win. Like showing six. So that was only this, 20 minutes. What does this mean for the Lakers? Do you want to talk about what happened this year? <laughs> sure. This year, the Lakers franchise and basketball as a whole was... No, it's not GA. It's basketball altogether. Was suffered from one of the, the biggest tragedies in sports histories. The premature death of... Kobe of Kobe being Bryant. Bless him for having his daughter Gianna as well as I love Kobe so much, but his middle name's stupid. Um, his parents named him his gave him his middle name. I can't remember if it was because either they were high or drunk. So let's talk about Kobe. Um, right, so Kobe Bryant, he was being a normal dad. He was taking him and his friends and his friends' kids to their basketball game. Normal dad. 26th of January, 2020. But instead of driving down the road or whatever, he was in a helicopter. Because, you know, basketball players. He's Kobe Bryant. Yeah, we can allow that. Um, and then one... It just... A horrible accident happened in the fog and he uh the helicopter crashed and we sadly lost Gigi Bryant and Kobe Bryant and it's hard because Kobe Bryant from well I'm gonna say mine and you say yours. Yeah. Um, Kobe Bryant was a guy that made me fall in love with basketball. Um, I I uh, first ever watched a basketball and it was Kobe Bryant's last game. It was the first ever basketball game I watched. Um, and I knew he was retiring, so I looked for something else. And fortunately for me, I found Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder. But, um, yeah, it was hard. Um I remember where I was. I was sitting in my room. By the way, there is none of this about Kobe Bryant. No podcasts that we do to what the 20 regular listeners that we have. There is nothing that we have without Kobe Bryant. 
Um, and there's, and I don't think the NBA would ever be as big as it is right now about Kobe Bryant. Um, but yeah, do, do you remember where you were when it happened? Because I remember where I was. Yeah. So I, I'll go first because um, I'm an attention whore. Um, <laughs> I was I was sitting in my flat with my university friends, watching TV on my phone while they were all messing about, and then my American friend from Washington State said, "Kobe Bryant's died." I went, "Nah, you're lying. It's bullshit. It's not true." And then I went on Twitter, and Twitter crashed because of the amount of people tweeting about it, and. TMZ reported it first, not the uh, LAPD, not Kobe Bryant's family. TMZ tweeted about it before even Kobe Bryant's family knew about it. And I just sat there, went to go see my friend who lived across the hall from me. Um, He was from Colorado and he was a Lakers fan. We just stood there in silence for like five minutes um, because Kobe was gone. James? So, I, I'm going to start with, with what Kobe meant to me. I think, much like you, Brandon, without Kobe Bryant, um, there is there is no no me sitting here right now talking about basketball. We would not know each other. I, I fell in love with Kobe Bryant's game, Kobe Bryant, um, his mentality, and eventually after watching interviews, just the type of person he was. I mean, he was, he was truly also very funny and intellectual. And he was just a great person. And I remember um, I would I would watch his old highlights for hours. And um, I just I I think if if not for Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett, I would not be in love with the game of basketball. I think especially Kobe Bryant and his his draw to me in the game of basketball. I think I can prove that. Um, like Kobe Bryant really was just so special to me because my dad, he wrote a book and he got the forward done by LeBron James and he's met LeBron James on multiple occasions. And yeah, me too. My dad's met Nelson Mandela. Yeah. And not even, not even that was enough to, to get me to like even watch a game of basketball. So the the power that Kobe had and making me fall in love with the basketball is truly something remarkable. And that's just how special he was. And I remember I it, early in the year, I had started playing a lot of uh, 2K20. And this Kobe card was phenomenal. And I, I get a message from one of my brother's friends who I'd been playing with a couple of days before. And it just says, rip Kobe. So I'm like, what did they did they nerf his card or something? So I search on the auction house and he's there and I'm like I check all his attributes and I'm like no he he looks fine no I don't think so I look it up on YouTube Kobe Bryant 2K20 to see what happened to him what nerf he would have gotten that would elicit that because it was so impossible so unfathomable to me that Kobe could actually be gone. And so I look up Kobe Bryant 2K20 on YouTube and just the normal results. And so I'm like, I'm, I'm so confused. And I just, I, I, be- I backspace a little bit. Maybe I typed his name in wrong. And then the first result was Kobe Bryant dead. And I click on it. I click on the video and it was the video of the TMZ report. And I just remember involuntarily, I just out of, 
some some spot deep in my heart i just screamed no like as loud as i could and it wasn't intentional it just happened and i remember just sitting there and that was really the first time a celebrity death hit me like that i just sat there and thought for like 10 minutes i didn't move i i just remember sitting there and thinking about kobe bryant yeah it was tough for basketball um It was a bad one for everyone. Um, and I think it, if the Lakers win, it'll be all that more special because of it. Um, but yeah. Wow, this episode took a deep turn. Yeah. Last time, Black Lives Matter, now this. Talk about serious issues too. Um, wow, can you think of anything else to say about the finals this year? Uh, Lakers in six. Um, Miami and uh, Lakers in seven. Um, so we've got the game tips off tomorrow at nine for uh, nine p.m. Eastern time on ABC. Uh, Two a.m. if you live in the UK like me. So um, we'll see you for the game one post mortem after. Um, yeah, so we'll see you then. Um, follow me. Uh, Turk and Freemums on Twitter. James, do yours now. James. Follow me on Twitter at existence x y s t e n z. Don't follow Cameron. Cameron is a dick. Um, <laughs> Will he be back? Uh, you said by game two. Yeah, by game two. You said so. Game two. Um, I'm shaking my vitamins about, about now. Um, I'm looking for an intro to uh, to something called post. To I googled man shouting post mortem, and the first thing that came up with dead body post mortem. That's not good. Nope. So post mortem is still a good idea. It's still a good name. I've got the hiccups now. At the backboard pod on Twitter, leave a review. Uh, and the star rating if you listen on Apple Podcasts and if you can do it on any of the podcast providers do that um, we'll be posting this on our Twitter either tomorrow or the day after game one um, which is Thursday so Wednesday or Thursday it should be up I hope it's up before post-mortem maybe not because long episodes take a while to upload um, and edit for me uh, James is going to post um, all the um, all the stuff for game one uh, and game two on Monday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, aren't you, James? Yeah. Um, and we just crossed 110 minutes. So thanks for listening. We will see you on Thursday. Goodbye. Fuck Cameron. <laughs>